And we're live. Another episode of Athletic Insights. We're joined here this evening by our guest, Chris Colley. Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Zach. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for your time. Um, we appreciate it. Um, just briefly for you guys at home, Chris Colley, uh, another local, uh, local role model, local athlete from Brockville, Ontario, did his uh, university at Western. What did you study when you were at Western, Chris? Yeah, I took psychology at Western, and then I did a, a graduate certificate in human resources. So not really related to athletics, but that's a whole other world for me. Thanks for calling me a role model. I think that's the first time I've ever heard that. So um, not sure if it's, it's a good role model to have. I guess we'll figure that out in the next couple of, couple of minutes here. Well, no, you're, you're, you're a good role model. <laughs> He's just, you're just being modest. And, and even uh, when we played hockey together when, when I was in grade 8 and you are in grade 9, I looked up to you, and, and so did the younger kids. So, uh, everyone at home, Chris is being modest. So, before we get uh, too deep into this, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your youth sports experience and growing up in Brockville? Yeah. So, well, I think that my youth experience in Brockville is pretty similar to a lot of the people that have have been on the podcast. Uh, I think that the small town does help to breed a lot of good athletes because we do such a variety of sports. So, for me personally. I mean, I, I grew up playing golf. I, I did track and field. I was in soccer. I, you know, like you said, we played hockey together. So I think that using all of the sports that you can, figuring out what you like, and then focusing on one a little bit later in your life is probably the best way to go. So I think that's why I was able to hone in on track a little bit more later into, into my athletic career in high school. For sure. I completely agree. Um, youth sports should be a time where kids get to, like you said, experiment, try different things, get a sense for the different cultures and, and then specialize in their last couple of years of high school. So since we got onto the track topic there, why don't you just touch base a little bit about TIS's track pro- program, uh, your time at TIS about what has it been eight years since we left high school, nine years for you? Yeah, it's been a while. It's hard to keep track actually. Uh, probably I think I graduated in 2011. So yeah, nine years. Uh, so my, my career in high school uh, started off pretty, pretty modest. I, I wouldn't say I actually, you know, made a dent um, on the provincial level until close to grade 11, grade 12, um, grade nine and 10. Um, I was undersized, you know, I think that a few have talked about that as well. Uh, even Reese mentioned that he was undersized. So I don't know what he's getting in on being undersized and then Trent, the same thing. The guys were, they were both massive in grade nine and 10. If yeah. You want true undersized. You're looking at a guy like me. I mean, I was about five foot two, five foot three in grade nine. Um, but uh, you just got to hang through it for the first two years, especially if you are somebody like me, um, you know, just keep working hard and you know, you'll hit your breakthrough. Uh, a lot of it is just people hitting puberty at different ages. So uh, track career in high school, you know, you had Jack West straight, and Randy Javogue, uh, Karen Kennedy also, really good coaches. And, and you can just see that through the amount of athletes that they have streamed out throughout the years. Um, people like, you know, Tim Netto's year and Kyle Malks and Matt Leader, uh, who, who were people that I looked up to on the, and Will McFall um, on, on the track and field uh, arena there. And then, you know, for, for us, we had a lot of good guys that we could look around to at uh, and work hard with. So, you know, we had people like Trent and me and Dylan Burns and Alex Cornelius and, and all of us would, would push each other to be to be better. So that's pretty much the, the career at TIS. And what uh, what 
specific events did you focus on at your time? I know you did some jumping, you did some running. You really, you really came on as a sprinter towards the end of high school, I, I found. Yeah, so I, I focused originally on high jump, and I had a really weird combination in grade nine. So I did high jump in the 1500, which I, I, I wouldn't suggest doing that. Completely opposite. Com- completely uh, different energy. Completely different events. But, um, you know, I tested everything. So I was doing cross country, and, you know, I did, I did, uh, I did uh, the 1500. And then it wasn't until grade 11 and 12 that I moved into uh, doing the 4x1, 4x4, a little bit of the 400 individually. Uh, made also for the 200 in grade 12 as well. Uh, but the relays were really the focus along with high jump. Yes. And what, uh, what did your recruiting process? So obviously I know you wound up at Western, but were you being recruited by any other schools for track? So uh, actually the first uh, recruiting email that I received was actually from Guelph. Uh, and then I, that's when I actually, you know, I didn't even think that I was going to be someone that would compete uh, at university for track and field. It was, I mean, you, you always think about it, but you think of it more as a hypothetical, you know, I'll keep doing this and, you know, we'll see what's happened. But when I actually received the email from Guelph, that's where I was, it kind of clicked for me. It's like, oh, wow, I could actually, you know, keep doing this. Uh, I, I like doing it. Might as well keep doing it if, if I'm going to be given the opportunity. So I went and toured, uh, toured uh, Guelph in grade 11, late grade 11. And then I had a few uh, emails from uh, other schools. Western obviously was was the one that I ended up taking, but uh, Waterloo, uh, U of T, I think emailed me as well. But I think Western was uh, what they had the advantage of is they had offs in grade 11 at Western. Mm-hmm. So we got to visit the campus there and, and uh, I just really liked it. So that's why I ended up going there. And now I want to backtrack a little bit because that was a really good point. So for the young kids listening at home, there's always that self-doubt. So like Chris was talking about, um, how he wasn't sure it was it's always seemed hypothetical and and even for myself like when I first got to to St. FX my first day of training camp I didn't really know what to expect and then you kind of realize all at once that everyone's going through that um and then they put us through so football is obviously a little different than track they put us through day one the physical testing and then um once I went through that and I realized that I was testing better than all the other rookies the feeling just kind of goes away so I think if you're a young athlete starting your recruiting process, just understand that everyone is kind of a little nervous, a little uncertain, but if you can go in confident, especially if you're prepared, it's going to go a long way in getting you, um, getting you like game experience at a younger age. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely. And and then also one thing that I, that I would touch on that too, is that because I didn't put that pressure on myself, I never felt like I had to, you know, compete to, to make it to the next level. I wasn't forcing myself to, to be under a standard that I actually might accomplish or might not accomplish. I was, I was so relaxed in high school that, you know, if I went there, it was because I liked doing the sport and I was able to just do it for fun and, and keep doing it throughout my career. But I know that a lot of people, especially in grade nine and 10, they get so focused on wanting to get to the next level or, you know, wanting to do this specific goal that it can be disappointing if you don't get there. And without that pressure, um, you can just kind of do what you want and, and if you like it enough and you'll, you'll find yourself into the next level. For sure. There's no, there's no one size fits all for the recruiting process. Exactly. Um, why don't you touch base now a little bit on what your time was like at Western, some of the things you're able to accomplish and a little bit just about Western's track and field program. Yeah. So um, 
right into first year, I had a really good year. Um, so our team won nationals, which was the first uh, men's team to ever do so for the Western track and field team. So, I mean, right off the bat, uh, I'm hit with something that doesn't happen very often. I also won OUAs for high jump. So had a really good start. Uh, second year, I kind of went into a slump. Uh, I would say, you know, university can get the best of you at sometimes. Uh, a lot of pressure with school and a lot of pressure with track. And I had set my expectations so high in second year uh, that it was a lot of pressure. And third year, I, I did take a, I wouldn't say it took a step back, but I actually tried out for the golf team as well in third year. I didn't, I didn't make it, but during the summer, I think that helped me, you know, step back from track and field for a little bit, um, kind of ease, ease the pressure. And then I switched to the pentathlon in third year. And that's when I started having, I started getting a little bit more competitive. I was able to uh, take bronze medal at OUAs in the pent and, and make it to CIS or what's U sport now uh, for the pentathlon in my first year. And then I just used that, uh, that pentathlon strength to move forward for my fourth and fifth years and, and do the same thing. Very cool. So you started, so in your first year, you won provincials for high jump. And then yeah. the third year, you switched events completely and you still medaled. Yeah, exactly. That's very cool. I didn't know that. And then yeah. also, I wanted to briefly touch, I, I know you had a similar experience to me. You went out and you tried skeleton. Am I right? Yeah, I did. So talk a little bit about um, that process, um, the combine you went to, and then your time out in Calgary. Yeah, so, I mean, I can't talk too much about it because I wouldn't say that I really got a, like a, a deep dive experience into it. I would say um, I really enjoyed the, the first half, but then once I got down the hill, I, it was just something that you have to have that type of, uh, you have to be a risk taker, and I'm a little bit more hesitant when it comes to those things. It was really out of my, my comfort zone, so it's not really something that it is something that I think about a, a part of my athletic career. Um, so I don't, I, I wouldn't go too much into it. I think Jacob White kind of had a similar experience where uh, yep. it's, it's a tough sport and you can get concussions pretty easily. And I'm, I'm not someone that's going to risk my, my brain long-term for mm -hmm. something that, you know, well, there's no, I'm pay. not truly in love with, right. Essentially hundred percent. Basically me and Jacob had wanted to go do it together. I was still in my last year of school and they had told us to come for a week, but prepare to stay longer. And I was like, well, I'm not coming because once we found out about the national level funding, it's just not a funded sport. And, yeah. you know, so a uh, very cool opportunity that, that you got to, to, to yeah, was, go I, down the hill. Like you took it one step further than I did. Yeah, I got to go. I think I went to, I went to Calgary twice. And uh, yeah, I went to Calgary twice. And then the third time that I went was when I got to actually go down the hill. And that's where I said, uh, yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> for sure. It um, is it's it's a little bit of a crazy sport. And, yeah, and I don't have that. For sure. Yeah, exactly. What uh just really quickly, what does you know, obviously you've moved out of out of Brockville and you're where are you now actually, Chris? I, I live in Calgary actually. That's what I thought, yeah, yeah. Completely aside from, from skeleton and just no, happened no, that yes, Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um I just wanted to ask you, what does Brockville like Brockville athletics mean to you because obviously we both grew up in a really competitive as you kind of touched on early a really competitive couple of years in terms of all the athletes we have here and it's growing and you know we played a role in that and the people before us played a role in that so just what does uh, the youth sports community here mean to you oh it's I mean it's huge now the, the, the funny thing that I always 
think about for Brockville is I, I still don't understand the per capita of athletes that come out of Brockville. I mean, I come to, I mean, I come to Calgary and we have a beautiful, like a beautiful gym that I go to that has, you know, volleyball practices every day with, you know, hundred people practicing for volleyball. And then you have a swimming pool of, of almost 200 people in the pool. And then you have basketball constantly. And yet some reason Brockville is able to push out uh, athletes at the national level at a consistent rate, even though our population is, you know, way smaller than all of these cities. So I I don't know what it is about Brockville. Um, I think it's something where you have coaches that actually care. I think that's a big thing. And we have great facilities for such a small town, especially with track and field Um, for football. Same thing. You've got great coaches and, and I think that that is something that is a small town mentality that, that is great. That does help a lot of athletes. And then, Mm -hmm. And then for hockey as well, I mean, a lot of them do go uh, to play with the Kings and, and whatnot. But it's the same thing where I think that because big cities tend to focus on – they try to make people focus on one sport where I think small right. towns, you, you get a variety of sports. And I think that really builds different type of mobility and 100%. makes you a better athlete. And so I think that the coaches too would be the main, main two pillars of why we do so well. Yeah, I think I'm going to touch on that, too. I think it's the coaches. I think it's also the chip that we get because coming from Brockville when you're in, you know, high school or early, early university, you you hear the things that the bigger town kids are saying and the resources they had. And, and then secondly, I think coming from a small town, you're able to stand out at a younger age and get more opportunity. Um, so because, you know, maybe we're not competing with as many kids at a young age. If you're one of the stronger athletes, take soccer as an example. When I was 10 years old, I'm not a very good soccer player, but no one was as fast as me in house league soccer. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just like one example. Or like for you in hockey, we never played really high levels of hockey, but you were like a really strong B-rep player. If me and you had been moved to like B-rep in Toronto, we might not have been as strong. So I think a lot of it also is um, you get, like you said, more opportunities. That's right. 100%. Um, yeah, I never thought of that. You you get more playing time too. That's exactly what, the, what yeah. I'm trying to get at there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I never really thought about that. You you definitely get more playing time. So now the only thing that I I do think that would be a negative with Brockville is the competitive level. I think that mm-hmm. maybe not so much for track, and I don't know if this just has to do with my personality, where you know I do tend to focus on sports like golf and and track, where it's you versus yourself. Um, where I think that the sports where it's as a team, Brockville's not going to have the same level of competitiveness uh, against, you know, Toronto for basketball, where you have schools like Pickering that's, you know, facing off with, you know, Pickering had like four guys go to the NCAA the one year. Mm -hmm. So 100%. But the best player on that Brockville team is going to get so much attention when they play those stronger teams because they're going to key on them. And that kid's going to continue to grow. That's very that's true. That's kind of yeah. what I think about the small town perspective. And that's just my opinion. So, um, yeah. So let's just talk a little bit about your officer experiences um, when you were back in high school. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what do you want to talk? So cross country, I did okay. I went every year, but I didn't really make a dent there. Um, as far as track and field, officer grade nine was a pretty incredible experience. Uh just because I don't think you expect what it's going to be like, especially when you, when you come out of, you know, Brockville in, in grade eight, and then you get to, to officer in grade nine. And 
you know, Ben Johnson's there watching. Um, <laughs> and then by the time grade 12 comes around, uh, or you're kind of used to that, that feeling when you get there. And I, I think that, you know, experience does help. Uh, so would you want to go into specifics of how I did or? For sure. Like I, okay. I know you, so one of the things that I always really was really fascinated was your high jumping. Um, yeah. You were getting a lot of local attention. So do you want to just touch base on the, the progression and like maybe just also a little bit, like what did your process look like when you were kind of at your peak, your peak performance in high school? Yeah. So, uh, well, grade nine, I, you know, I would have been, I don't know the exact placement, uh, top 12, top 10, um, grade 10, same thing. Uh, grade 11, I remember that I had high jump and the four by one at the same time. So when I came back, the bar was at like two meters. So that kind of, uh, messed up my performance there, especially, I mean, I, maybe I could hit two meters in my first year of university, but I'm not going to hit two meters coming off of a four by one race. So, and then grade 12 was when, like I said, I was able to, to break the bar. So I got the silver medal in, in grade 12, uh, tied silver medal. And I lost to a guy, Brandon Wilhelm, who was jumping 224. So it wasn't a competition there. He, he already won before the, the show even started. <laughs> 100%. What, uh, what are some of your most fond memories of your time as an athlete, whether it be TIS or Western? And then was there a time that you, like, that you were struggling in university and, and sport kind of helped you pull through? Yeah, so I think that uh, my fondest memories would, would definitely be the 4x4 four four and the 4x1s, both in, in high school and in university. Uh, it's the 4x2 in, in university. Uh, the four by ones with, you know, me, Trent, Alex, uh, and Dylan Burns uh, were incredibly exciting. And we still have the TIS record, I, I think, for the four by one. I don't know if we have it for the four by four still. I think we lost that. Um, but I, that was incredibly exciting. And you come around the finish line, I still get chills thinking about it. And then the relays just are extremely exciting events. So four by four and four by two in university as well. I mean, just after the event, you, you're hanging out with your friends. And if you are able to do well, it's so exciting to see, you know, one, you have to push yourself and then you get to see your performance that way. But then you're also pushing your friends and you get to see their results as well. Um, and then after that, no, what, sorry, what was the second half of the question? Do you want to just talk like, what was your process look like? Were you oh. doing, were you doing things specifically to separate yourself? How, how many hours were you jumping? Were you in the weight room? Um, right. Just um, anything, anything that the next generation could kind of pull bits and pieces from. Yeah. So a lot of weight room in the off season, uh, especially later in my career in high school, I didn't do too much of it. Uh, and then the off season high school was just hockey. I didn't play, I didn't do track and field. Uh, and then our season went full, full year in university and then I, I know that you touched on sorry the, the second half of also of that question was was there any hard times yeah like there's, um, there's ups and downs and, and highs and lows right yeah I think that I actually have a bit of a different experience where um I had I think I had a low because of sports rather okay. than uh sports getting me out of the low so in second year I did put a lot of pressure my way too much pressure on myself in track and field to do well uh, when I shouldn't have, uh, I mean, I was, a, I was a good athlete. Wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I'm not winning nationals on my own. Uh, I need, uh, I need a team to help me with that. Um, so second year, I put way too much pressure on myself. And because of that, you know, it affected my school and 
uh, it affected, you know, how I was reacting with friends and, and whatnot. Um, so, you know, after, after that year, I kind of, like I said, I took a step away. I think I took, I took the whole summer off from track and field and then was able to, you know, regain my composure for the sport, realize why I liked it and why I was competing. And then come third year when I switched to the pen. So I was able to not just focus so much on, on high jump, uh, and, you know, focus on hurdles and shot put, even though I was, I'm not a shot put build, if you've ever seen me <laughs> and learn long jump and, and do the thousand. So, yeah. So I think that, uh, sports can be, can be tough because you can, it can get you out of dark times, but it can also put you into to positions of dark times. So 100%. Um, you have what, to recognize when you're in those positions and then try to work your way out of them. What, uh, what advice would you have given yourself like now back to your second yourself? I think that my advice would be you, well, don't take it so serious. It's just sports. I know that this is a, a podcast about sports and sports are obviously, um, super important because they can help you, you know, grow as a person and, and, and learn all sorts of things and, and build friends. But at the end of the day, um, it is just, it is just sports. It's not, 100%. there's a lot more, there's a lot more things out there that are going to help you grow as a person. Um, you know, academics are huge. Um, you know, your friends, your family, those all come first. Sports can come second. So that would be the, the, the advice I would give. And then the second advice that I would give myself is it can come to a point where, you can train too hard. Right. And I think that there was a year, especially in my second and third year where I was trying to push myself a little bit too hard. Um, you know, every day I'd go to the gym and I'd want to be three times better than the day before mm -hmm. where to be a really great athlete, you just have to make small incremental changes each day. So just make, you know, 1% every single day and you're going to be a hundred times better when you come a hundred days later. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so that's the small changes rather than trying to push yourself to be, you know, 40% better by Tuesday, just make that small change. You know, if you're lifting, you know, 225 pounds today, make sure it's 226 tomorrow rather than, you know, yeah. 250. 100%. Yeah. Everything in sport needs to be periodized and progressed slowly and safely and, and, and within reason. So like you kind of said, there, there was a period of time where you were training too hard and, I mean, I've experienced that. I've had overtraining syndrome before. Um, I've completely shot my nervous system out. And I think a, a big part of that was um, growing up with guys in this community who have very gifted genetics. Like there's some guys in this community who are in a league of their own. Um, and that's what I was surrounded by. So I wasn't allowing myself to make excuses. So what, I was overtraining. And I got to a certain point when I was about 23 years old when I realized that I had just, I just maxed out my genetic potential. Like, there was no more room for me to get any bigger, faster, and stronger. And then I naturally, of course. And then I kind <laughs> of, uh, I kind yeah, of. That's just, the key. Well, that's when I kind of said, you know what? I've, I've accomplished what I've accomplished. I'm not going to play my last year. And kind of like you said, sport can, sport can definitely get you through hard times or vice versa, can cause hard times. But I had kind of gotten myself into a point where it's like, I want to be a really well-rounded person. So I kind of reset and I focused on school and I did research and I started tutoring and, and that kind of helped reset me um, to head into the real world after sports. Because like you said, like it, it's not going to last forever and it's just sports. So yes, although this is a podcast to support youth sports, you also kind of got to know your own limits and when it's time. 
Yeah. And I think that knowing your own limits is, is a part of supporting youth sports. Um, you know, a lot of parents especially can push their kids really hard to be better. And, and I think that that is, you know, those kids end up being the ones that uh, burn out really quickly. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta steady yourself and make sure that you're making those small inter- incre- incremental gains. Now, do you, do you still play any sports? Competitively? Yeah. Or just, or just, you know, pick up. Yeah, so I'm playing. I'm playing men's league basketball, and I'm still training about an hour and a half a day, just uh, just for myself for fun. And I'm 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 training the way I like to. So I'm a big fan of Olympic weightlifting, which I didn't yeah. get to do too much of when I was playing football. Just it's different, different. They're more you know squat, bench, jump, sprint. Um, so now I'm kind of getting to train the way I want to, and I'm actually just I've spent about the last year and a half kind of putting my body back together um, from playing so much so much football and overtraining for so long yeah but no i've stepped away from competitive athletics because the only thing that would have been there left for me would have been bobsled and again they wanted me up to 220 and you know me my frame won't won't, won't hold that um, so <laughs> yeah well you know, I, I, I know the pain there i'm at peace with it i got everything <laughs> i needed out of sport and some you know i got i, I can i call it overtime i uh i wasn't a kid who anyone would have expected to have played university football specifically because I didn't start playing until grade 10, but I just kind of didn't listen to anyone else and I did my own thing. So I'm, I'm definitely at peace with my own sports experience. Now, if you could go back, would you switch up and and do any other sports or, or focus on a different sport? Just knowing what we know about football and, and concussions and whatnot. If I could, I actually think about this sometime. That's funny. Um, I think I would have gone to TIS for track and tried that. Um, yeah. just because, uh, similar to you, similar frame, I could have maybe done something who, I don't even know what sport it would have been. Maybe like a 400, I wouldn't have gotten bulky and I would have stayed lean or something, but I think track would have been cool. Um, I think, I mean, maybe if I played a couple more years of hockey, I could have played junior B, but I, I think football gave me the best, um, chance to continue playing sports post-secondary. And at the end of the day, that's what I wanted. I just wasn't done with competitive sports yet. Yeah, no, I think that, that you probably, well, I feel like you made yourself, you made a really good career out of, of football at a late age. It's pretty, yeah, quite well, impressive. Of, thank you. One of the things um, through my time at Bishops, I actually got to learn about um, through fourth year seminar classes is most elite athletes spend less time in their, their main sport. So the people winning gold medals are have less experience in that sport than the people winning silver, bronze, and not meddling. Um, and that data goes back a long time. I could probably, I could probably find that article easily. I think I have it printed out, but, um, so yeah, I guess I'm just a statistic in that sense, but, <laughs> um, no, I mean, Brock full use sports. It obviously means a, a lot to me and I've obviously returned home to continue to grow it. And, uh, you know, you're someone who, you know, you and Reese and Trent, there's a lot of really good role models in this community that, um, we now get to share your story with the next generation. So, um, I want to ask you, like, what what do you want the next generation of athletes coming up who who have this dream? Like, we're not here trying to put this dream on them, but if this is a dream they have, like, what what do you want to pass on to them? Well, I would say if you if you want to take the next steps and get into university, either into the NCAA or if you want to get into the CIS, you just have to work for it. You've got to put in the hours. Um, you got to hit the track every day, or you've got to you know, hit the football field every day, but then you also have to take your rest day. 
You have to, you know, work on yourself outside of sports. You know, you got to, you got to build good friends. You've got to, you know, not go out and party every single weekend. You've got to make some sacrifices. Um, and that's going to get you to the next level. Um, if you, if you overwork yourself or over push yourself, you're going to, you're going to fizzle out. Um, just find what works for you, what you're good at, what you like, and then you'll be able to move on to the next step if you really want to. You got to keep those grades up too, for sure. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's the pillar of, especially, um, you know, CIS sports, you're going to have to have good grades if you want to go there. Uh, same with the NCAA, you're going to have to do well on the SATs. So you've got to, you know, get those academics right too. And now, you know, you're 26 years old now, Chris? 27. 27. We're getting, getting old. old. Um, so now that you're 27 and you've had some time to kind of reflect, like what's the biggest, what, what was your biggest takeaway from your sport experience? Personally. Oh, yeah, personally. That's, that's interesting. I think that my biggest takeaway would be all of the, the people that I met. I mean, mm -hmm. I met an incredible group of, of athletes at Western that I, you know, I'm still friends with to this day. Um, and then the same thing with all of the friends that, uh, from TIS or from hockey. So that would be my biggest takeaway was, you know, you meet a lot of good people. You're going to meet a lot of good coaches who are going to be able to pass along a good, a lot of good advice to you. Um, so I would say the people I'm a man yeah, of the I, people, Zach, pardon me. I'm a man of the people. No, I agree. I always say when people ask me, I, I always say the biggest takeaway for me is it's where football takes you and it's, it's who you get to meet along the journey. Right. Um, I got to go to Nova Scotia and, and play there for a year and then to Quebec and play there for two years. And, um, and then as I stepped away from playing, I was coaching the women's rugby team and, and, uh, and training kids. It was just, I, I got a really cool experience at a university in general, not just sports. So, yeah, like it's, um, and you always, I mean, you always kind of remember all of the, you know, what place you came or, or how high you jumped or, or how well you're one great catch, but Really, when you think back on sports, what you what you truly remember is, you know, all the good times that you spent with your friends. Those are the real moments that matter. One hundred percent. And uh, great point. What's your what's your final message here? What's your take home message to young athletes who are trying to do some of the things you've accomplished or trying to stay out of trouble and get next level? Work hard and fight for it if you want it. That would be my 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 advice. If you want it, you can get it. I'm not, I, I'm nothing special of an athlete. The only reason I was able to, you know, go to the, to the next level and go to the CIS was because, you know, I worked hard for it. So if you work hard, you'll be able to get there. It doesn't matter, you know, where you are now, you can make the right steps to improve your performance to be at the next level. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big uh, preacher of habits and routine. And I think you and myself are, are two guys who, who really, you know, we didn't make excuses. We just did the things that we needed to do, and it worked out for the two of us. Um, Absolutely. So this was episode 18 of Athletic Insights. Chris, do you have any final words before we punch off here? I just want to say thanks for having me on, Zach. I hope that I become the first uh, guest that gets the call for the second return. You know, uh, That's already happened. I, uh, oh, come I on. Connor, Connor and Jackson came on twice. So once individually and then once together to promote their U-Sports Nationals. But having said that, I'll make sure that you are the second returning There we guest. go. I, li I like the sounds of that. And then let's get uh, – you, you got to get the big groups on. I think that'll be great. 
we'll do uh, we'll do me, you, Reese, and Trent. And uh, if Graham can put up some uh, men's league intramural numbers over the next couple of weeks, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll include Graham as well. Well, he did play basketball in Hong Kong. Don't forget. Right. Okay. One of so, the greatest Hong Kong basketball players of all time, from what I hear. Well, then we'll have to get him on the show. There we um, go. This was episode 18 of Athletic Insights. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Zach.